There are some that say he may be an All-American this year. Ask him. He's the best guard in the country. On today's show, we're going to be joined by Boston College guard Christian Mahogany, who's going to talk about the spring game, Coach Googs, and the upcoming season. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. We are really excited to have Christian Mahogany, offensive lineman for the Eagles, and a potential All-American on our show today. He's going to talk all about his upcoming season and everything in between. This is an interview that we were really lucky to get and we're really excited to share with you. So without further ado, here is Christian Mahogany. This is Locked On Boston College. With us today, we have Boston College offensive lineman Christian Mahogany. Christian, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Great, great. Thank you for spending some time with us. Let's jump right into the spring game. Uh, you had the play of the game. And uh, the, the announcers called it the Wild Hog uh, when you scored that touchdown. Was this play your idea or was this Jeff Halfley and the coaches? Uh, it was definitely a little bit of both, I would say. I mean, I what are the odds that we can get this in for the spring and the season? And they said, we'll see what we could do. And then we called it up when we got close enough to the goal line. And, and we, we know, we know the result now. So it was, it was play. It was a perfect play for, for the spring game, in my opinion. Now your personal opinion, would you like this to happen again during the regular season? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be great. Uh, okay. And, um, so that the, the play itself was fun to watch, but the after the celebration afterwards was also something that I think a lot of people enjoyed. So tell me, talk, walk me through this a little bit, Christian. Was the cake stand your idea? Was it like the whole rooms? Who, who came up with it? Yeah. So, so I told them once we like, we all agreed that the play might be called or might um, happen. I said to the room, I said, I remember Quinn Nelson doing it when he almost scored a, uh, on the one yard line uh, back in the day. So I was like, let's do that a little tribute to him. And like one of my favorite old linemen. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. So, and then we all practiced it uh, the day before or the last Thursday practice. And then we, we executed it perfectly. So. So did, after well, hang on, fact, I, I have a follow-up question. Where did you, where were you practicing this celebration? Uh, we practiced right, right in indoor. Oh, okay. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right in an end zone. We said, all right, let's get, let's see what we could do. Let's see how, perfect we can get this before, before saturday i'm sure and, the coaches were thrilled about that well they didn't see it okay <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say uh coach googs afterwards uh he loved your celebration but i think the fans had to explain to him what you were doing yeah you could say that <laughs> <laughs> did he did he say anything to you afterwards no he didn't say anything to me afterwards it was just all fun games <laughs> and laughs and stuff like that so you know coach googs is all for fun all for like good work and stuff so so and and the guys know it. So we just try to put on a show for family and friends that were there. Yeah. And it was yeah. definitely fun for us. So absolutely. It was it was a it was a great moment. And now now let's get on to Coach Googs because he's he's become quite the internet sensation now uh among Boston College fans and uh other people online with this big dog stuff. Can you can you walk us through what he's like during practice and in meetings? Oh, uh, he's very calm, cool, and collected during practice and meetings. You know, he he wants us to execute at a high level. We all can, 
And that, that's just what it is. We set the tone every day when we come out. And he's very calm, cool. I mean, he's just like, like this old Italian guy that like has a, he's very hyper, yet like he wants us to. So we all enjoy that. And like he makes us laugh, tells us jokes, tells us like about the guys he's coached, uh, talks about our technique and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it was it was a great spring to uh, spend with him and get some of his knowledge, you know, and, and that knowledge is like, you know, you don't get that anywhere. So learn from a two-time Super Bowl champion and a guy that coached uh, Hall of Famers and soon to be Hall of Famers, that's just, you know, irreplaceable stuff. So I'm glad I'm glad he's coaching me my uh, this year. So that's great. It's great for me. It's great for us. And I think we're, we're going to we're going to do a lot of big things. All right. And he mentioned during one of his press conferences that he's coming up with nicknames for everyone. He said that he's calling Jack Conley Cannoli. Does he have a nickname for you? Yeah, he just calls me the hog. <laughs> okay, just, I think that's just what it is. Okay. Just a hog, hog mahogany. I think he just just it was quick and witty and easy for him. All right. And you know, let's let's kind of flip it a little bit here to this season in general. Like You've gone from, you know, one of five guys that have been part of the offensive line for two years, four of them had, are heading off to the NFL, leaving you as the veteran of the group. Um, How does it feel to be the veteran this year? And what kind of leadership are you trying to bring that offensive line group, uh, room? Uh, it comes by quick. You know, I, you know, when time with those four guys, it was the best time of my life. You know, we, we got to learn together. We learned how good we were together, how bad we were together at, at certain points uh, during the, the two years we were all together. And, you know, like being with those four guys for two years, that's, that's stuff that a lot of colleges and old lines don't get together, you know? So that chemistry, all those games played, I feel like we played better. And now that like, uh, I'm in the spot of being the veteran, being the older guy of the room. I've played the most snaps in the room. And with Coach Googe now, he helps me out a lot. You know, uh, those guys help me. They put me in a position to succeed. And being the veteran, you know, it just takes time. You know, it's not going to be as perfect as it was when when you have all five guys returning and stuff like that. So there's obviously growing pains, like I've said before. And, and we, we've gotten way better since the spring first started. And, and all it is is getting better day in, day out, and be ready by the time September 3rd comes around. And so all, you know, Alex, Zion, Tyler, and Ben, they're all hoping to hear their names called in the NFL draft. Do you have any plans on how to, are you going to watch it? And also, do you have any hopes of where any of them may land? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it, of course. I mean, you know, all all, those are my guys. You know, those are guys that down the line, when I'm 35, 40, hopefully I'm doing keg stands with them uh, down, <laughs> down the road. So that's just something that, you know, we all still talk. We have our own little group chat with just the five of us. And yeah, so I'll definitely be watching and listening for all their names to be called and being hyped for them and stuff like that. Uh, and what, sorry, what was the next question? I forgot it. I'm sorry. Um, do you have any hopes of any of them landing on one of your favorite teams? Oh, uh, I don't really care where they go. I know they're going to, you know, I know they're going to do the best wherever they go. I mean, I would like to see Alec play with his brother again. That would be pretty cool. But everyone else, you know, I hope and, and Tyler playing with his, uh, 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 with his dad as the coach, that would be, that would be fun stories. So other than that, I hope they, I wish them all the best and I hope they all get their name called. And that, that's all I have for that, that topic. Now in a moment, Mitch Wolf is going to join us to ask some technical questions of Christian Mahogany. And you're going to want to hear the guards answers to some of the questions that Mitch has. Now, if you know me, I am a huge fan of the Built Bar. I eat one of these almost every single day at 2.30. It gives me the energy I need 
to get through my busy day. It's filled with protein and the best part, it's 100% covered in chocolate. It's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. And if you tried the puffs yet, because if you want a treat, the puffs cannot be beat. They have incredible flavors, including yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are so good, and they're good for you too. Listen to the nutritional value of some of the milk bars. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. How are you going to beat that? Simple answer, you're not. You just need to go to Built.com and check out some of the flavors they have, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a few new flavors every month. Go check them out today at Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. I know that Jeff Halfley is pretty uh, stingy when it comes to giving away competitive advantages. So if any of the, if you feel like any of these questions are, you know, going to give stuff away, just tell me no comment or something. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for you, <laughs> you made the switch. I don't think I'm stingy. I'm sorry. I said I don't think I'm as stingy as Coach Halfley. Okay. Okay. okay great. Um, so it, when your first year starting, you started at left guard, and then this last year you started at right guard. What's the biggest difference between playing those two positions, if there is any? Uh, to be honest, it's really just a stance, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, my left guard stance, my my, my sophomore year, my first redshirt freshman year, I just feel more comfortable in my left, and I move more efficient out of my left. And then, you know, when we moved Zion back to guard, he obviously felt comfortable at left. So I was like, I'll learn right. I was practicing right in the offseason. We kind of expected that move um, before, like, in the offseason uh, and last year. So I, I was practicing right when I was home for break and stuff like that. And I just felt it, it was just natural. So it's really just the stance. It's really nothing else, how you set and, like, how you run block. And, like, it's just hand placement is different. It's a little bit more technical, but it, that there's really – it's not, like, a crazy change. It's not, like, tackle to guard. It's not – or guard to tackle. It's not that big of a of a difference to me, in my opinion. Gotcha. And so who is the toughest op- opponent that you've played in the last two years individually? Um, Like, are you saying teams like or player, like-, like, a, like a specific player that you had to go up against uh, in any game? Personally, I would say prob- uh, Brian Breesey was mm-hmm. my, my first year starting. He was pretty, he was, he was good. He was very, he was very raw. You know, he was, he was a freshman, I think mm-hmm. at the time. So he's very raw. And I mean, he didn't get to play, uh, last year, obviously, uh, so it would have been a good battle. But, I mean, I felt like I didn't feel like I really, like, struggled in a sense where a lot of people gave me problems. So, in that sense, I feel like Brian was, like, the, the one who kind of, like, made me better uh, and made me step up my game in, in, in hindsight. Yeah, he was really good that freshman year. He's going to be a tear for the next few years. Um, would you prefer going up against, a like, a big zero or one tech, like a big nose tackle, or a smaller, quicker three technique? Um, it all depends, you know, on the matchup uh, in that day. I mean, uh, obviously, like a uh, big nose, you know, you're not really getting the same movement and stuff like that. So you got to expect a lot of bull rush, a lot of moves, where, whereas like that quick three tech, um, you know, you got to worry about jump swipe, rip, um, ripping, swim moves, all stuff like that. And, and that could definitely be a pain, but you just got to know your opponent and be patient and, you know, watch a lot of film. And then you, you it, when it comes to game time, it, it's perfect. You know, the, the technique is perfect and you know exactly what to do against your opponent. But probably I would say a nose. I, I, I like to get bull rush more because I like to, I like to sit on a lot of bull rushes and I like to just eat them. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. Something I noticed when I was watching it was that you are 
and I'll, I'll come back to this a little later, but your power and strength really sticks out, uh, pops off the film. What's something about offensive line play that most fans don't really know or understand that you would like to kind of say, hey, this is something that, you know, it's pretty specific or technical, but it's makes all the difference that not a lot of people would know. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a game of inches. You know, if, if you set one way and, and, and you set wrong, it's it's over like you could lose the quarterback. The quarterback is hit or or he gets sacked and then the cameras pointed at at you or me or any of the five. And it just it, and then all all the fans just think, oh, wow, he's terrible and stuff like that. But it, it takes a lot of work to be able to perfect uh, playing offensive line. And I can see that too, uh, like very critically because. Uh, I only started playing O line my junior year of high school, so I had to learn very fast. I literally, I literally learned how to play offensive line by watching people that I had on my Madden Ultimate Team, and I would just <laughs> the guys with high overalls, the guys with the highest overalls. I would just watch them and see what they do. And now it's just harder comfortable, and you know you got to know your opponent, like I said in the previous question. So. I mean, just just everything. It's a very technical position, and there's a lot of things that have to happen, or 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 it looks bad for us. Gotcha. And uh, oh shoot, I just had a follow up question about that. I'll come back to it later. Um, what is your favorite play as a blocker? Probably, probably any power. Okay. We didn't run much of it, but I like I like to get out in space. Any any. I mean, I don't know what we have um, so far. And, and now I'm going to be a little stingy, but that's I don't fine, really know fine. what we have in that sense. I, I don't know what we have in that sense, but like pin pull, anything where I could pull or like I, I like double teams. I like one on one blocks. You know, uh, the team trusts me enough to do that. And, and it's my job to get it done. So, you know, we have good backs that make us look good. So it's not very hard to make my, uh, me and the five look good. So with, with Pat and uh, Sink and X and all the other backs. So it's great. It's great. Oh, this is this. I I remember the question I wanted to ask. What did you play when you were playing football before you switched to offensive line? Oh, okay. So I played I played three tech nose mm-hmm. in high school. That's what like I wanted to be. I was so stingy. My my head coach in high school was like, "Yeah, play O line. You might get more offers and stuff like that." And I was like, "Nah, nah. There's no there's no swag about it. There's no anything." And then <laughs> I learned I learned I learned very quickly that you could still be very confident as an O lineman and very powerful and everything. And now it's just like. I forget this who this quote's by, but there's nothing like moving a man against his will from point A to B, and and that's probably my favorite thing about uh, playing a line. So so yeah, definitely. I mean, I would love to. Play. I offered it sometimes, but you know, Coach Gooch isn't for it. So yeah, that quote, by the way, is by Howard Mudd, who was the Indianapolis Colts offensive line coach during the Peyton Manning era. That's who it's mostly attributed yeah, to. Yeah. Um, what's been the biggest adjustment in terms yeah, of adapting? Yeah, uh, moving. Okay. Uh, what's been the biggest adjustment in adapting to the new offensive scheme and coaches? And you can talk about this off season or even when you guys switched over from uh, Adazio and Troutwine's coaching to Halfley's and Applebaum's. Yeah. So um, the biggest jump from Adazio um, and, and uh, to Halfley is obviously we had a, we had a better passing game uh, from the start. That's what it was. Obviously it was on us. Um, in, a, in many senses that we weren't getting the run game going our, our first year under Coach Halfley. And that was the biggest leap in, in the second year of Coach Halfley. I feel like we were all in our comfortable positions and the run game was just way better. So, I mean, it's all different. You know, everyone has their own uh, schemes, outside zone, inside zones, duo, all that stuff. It's it's all 
it's all virtual throughout the whole game of football. And I think every, it all depends on like what your personnel, who you have. And, and I mean, like, I loved every offense we were in so far and, and I'm, and I feel comfortable with doing everything. And I'm glad I got that experience for the next level, like outside zone, inside zone duo and that stuff, that stuff's like uh, irreplaceable to me. So. Gotcha. Um, and so with, you know, the new coaching staff and what's something that coach Googe is teaching you that you think is really going to elevate your game to the next level? Um, a lot of hand placement, a lot of technical stuff like footwork. He says like all our footwork have to be in, in sync to be a good old line. And, and I think it will be. And I mean, when he said, like he said, in the last practice, he said, look at the first practice and look at now you guys gotten way better. It's only been 15 practices with us together and we've elevated so much. So that, that stuff, you know, that stuff is definitely something that coach Gooch is going to teach me uh, for the next level, you know, cause he's been there. So it's a guy you can trust. It's a guy you can listen to. And that's what a lot of recruits need to understand that this isn't just this isn't just an old Italian guy like five, five, six talking to you. This is a real dude who's done it, who's taught some real dudes. So that's definitely something that I'm I'm looking forward to more hands on stuff with him for sure. And is that the skill or trait that you find yourself working on or trying to improve the most? What? The footwork. Oh, definitely. My footwork, footwork can always be improved. Cause I feel like my hands are, are, I usually strike inside. That's where you want them as an O-lineman inside. Don't, don't let them get extension. You want them close to your body. So that's what I feel like I'm doing. And footwork, it's all different. He teaches different footwork than Abbaum and Abbaum teach different footwork and Adazio and Trotwine. So you, it's quick. You have to learn quick, but you have to adapt quicker as well. So that's definitely something we, I always work on. That's my main focus, just footwork, footwork, footwork before you get into the stuff. Cause if you don't move your feet, then, you can't do anything with your hands or, you know, and stuff like that. So. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Christian, for coming on. Uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Thank you. All right. so much. Good luck this season. Thanks Christian. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That was guard Christian mahogany on our exclusive interview here on locked on Boston college. Thank you for Christian for coming on. And thanks for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement. For the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and the Odyssey app. And in our last segment, you're going to want to check out our news of the week. There was a lot of recruiting things and games that were played this weekend by baseball and lacrosse. You're going to want to hear our thoughts on all of that. Now, now our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to have better gut health, more energy, and just feel better about myself. I've been using it for about four months now, and I love it. It doesn't taste like the other super healthy stuff that you can buy. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to having every morning. So with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that will help you start your day off right. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things, all in one little scoop. It is so good, it's so easy to take, too. Tons of people out there, they take multivitamins every day, and it's important to take one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. 
and that is AG1. It's a small micro habit with huge benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. It costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than your cold brew, and you're taking care of yourself with AG1. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, so you know you're getting good stuff here. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, bet online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. And they have tons of NFL draft props that you can do on Bet Online. Think that Zion Johnson's going to go higher than 26. You can make that bet at Bet Online. If you don't, you could always do that as well. You can pick anything. How many wide receivers are picked in the first round? How many quarterbacks are picked in the first round? Will uh, Trayvon Walker of Georgia be the first number one pick? All of these types of picks you can make at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to Bet Online where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. It was really exciting to have Christian Mahogany on here, and that's going to be one of our goals going into the summer is to get more and more uh, either former players, me- media members, you know, guys that are connected with Boston, guys and gals, connected to Boston College sports that you guys are going to hear. So we've had Zay Flowers, we've had Christian Mahogany, I've had recruits on. We're going to have a whole bunch of guests coming up this summer, including some opponent uh, podcasters from BC's schedule that you're going to want to hear as well. So make sure to subscribe to Locked On Boston College wherever you're getting your podcasts. Now, this weekend, BC Baseball played Virginia Tech uh, in a three-game series. And I have to admit, I I always admit this when I'm doing it, I recorded in the middle of the Sunday game. So I don't know the results of it yet. Um, They were losing last I checked. But they lost the first two games. And unfortunately, the Saturday game was the ALS awareness game at Fenway Park. Uh, they didn't play all that well in that game. They lost 7-1. to And uh, they lost as well on Friday. So BC Baseball right now is 3-17 and in conference. If they lose on Sunday, they're 3-18. and Again, we're just spinning our wheels here with this team. I feel like at the end of the season, a coaching change is going to have to happen. You know, when you have when you bottom out this badly, we've seen it with basketball, we've seen it with football. You know, this is the time when uh, uh, AD like Pat Kraft, he's got to make a move here. You can't just continue to have a, a team that's at the bottom of the ACC year in and year out, and have fans expected to 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 a go to the games, watch the games, care about the games, or even most importantly, donate to the program. Like BC just got this huge Harrington Harrington Village baseball complex that people have been begging about for years. It's beautiful. It's got, you know, it's a million times better than Sheffield was, uh, you know, a couple years ago. They just opened the Frady Center. And then you put out there a product that is just, it's tough to watch. I'm just going to leave it at that. So I just feel like we're kind of spinning our wheels as the season comes to a close. We're waiting for the end. You know, there's only about a dozen games left. And, you know, they've got they've got some winnable games in there. But they've also got like Notre Dame, Florida State, Clemson. And then the ACC Championship Series, which they're most likely going to get left off of, uh, happens as well. But they'll probably beat UMass Lowell. They might beat Rhode Island. Uh, so they'll get some conference wins, but I, I don't even care. About, I mean, out-of-conference wins, but I don't even care about the out-of-conference wins. They played their first out-of-conference team that I felt was, like, really up to snuff, up to, like, the ACC level in UConn, and they got one hit. 
and they lost eight to nothing. So the baseball team, I, I think we're just waiting to the end and we'll, we'll have to wait. And this will be the second probably coaching searches. We're still waiting to find out where the men's hockey coaching search is going on. Uh, as I said last week, Mike Cavanaugh sounds like he's removed his name from consideration. There's been no real breaking news. It's been really quiet. The, now, what I've heard um, is that they're going to have a, a committee of former players. They're going to have community members. And they're really looking to find a way to continue to have some continuity from what Jerry York did. You know, you have the winningest coach in college hockey history retire. You need to find the right replacement. And that could be a surprise. I, I Part of me thinks it's going to be Greg Brown, the former associate head coach that is in the USHL now. Part of me also thinks it could be a surprise. And I'd love to see a surprise. It would be great to get someone that like completely wows you that you just were not expecting. Um, that would be a, something to keep your eye open for as well. Now, in... in, in Women's lacrosse, BC got their their best game, I think, of the season, playing against Syracuse in a rematch of the national championship game from last year. Now, Syracuse, their their uh, head coach has retired and was replaced by Kayla Trainer, who, as many of you know, was on uh, a on the BC squad last year. She played for BC. Um, oh, sorry, she didn't play for BC. She coached at BC, and she, you know it was a big get for them to get her. And so this was a big matchup. On Friday, it was the red bandana game. You know, just like with football, it's another way for them to celebrate Wells Crowther, the hero of 9-11. The women wore red uh, bandana-inspired uniforms. It was on national TV on ESPNU. And BC won 15-13 in a really good game. Uh, Charlotte North again had a monster game with uh, three goals. Uh, Belle Smith had five goals. Kayla Martello had three. So, um... It was just an incredible game. And Jen Majid, again, this, this, you, everyone talks about Charlotte North as they should because she's, you know, the GOAT. She's the greatest women's uh, lacrosse player of all time. Jen Majid and Belle Smith are both excellent. And it was Majid that had the goal that put the game away. Uh, you know, she scored with just under three, uh, just under three minutes left to put the game away. Uh, great win. Now, BC goes into the ACC tournament now. And in their first round ACC tournament game, they get Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, they beat 18-8 back at the beginning of April uh, in a game BC just uh, housed them. Uh, Virginia Tech is number seven in the country. And good game coming up here. But if BC wins this, all eyes should be on another rematch with Syracuse. Now that is going to be must-watch television right there. I mean, the BC Syracuse home game um, in the that, that we just played was one of the best games of the year. Let's you know you're going to up it a little bit here with some extra uh, motivation on the line, including a trip to possibly the ACC championship. So that's going to be a big one. So BC will play against Virginia Tech on Friday. Now, in recruiting news, just some quick little nuggets and news that you're going to want to know about. Deshaun Womack, a three-star defensive lineman from St. Francis Academy in Maryland. Put Boston College in his top 10. Now, if you know about St. Francis Academy, you know that is a powerhouse program on the national scale that has produced some great talent, but one that Boston College has gotten, has received some big-time recruits from, including C.J. Burton and, most recently, Brian Mook Sims, a defensive end. Now, Deshaun Womack is a four-star defensive lineman, and his top 10 is pretty intimidating, including Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, and some other schools like Ole Miss. Can Boston College crack through that? I I don't want to be negative here, but that's a tough that's a tough sell. But as we saw with uh, Azar Abdul Rahim in St. Francis Academy, 
anything can happen. I'm telling you. And with Jordan Mayer decommitting, uh, who uh, that another piece of news, the defensive lineman that committed a couple weeks ago, eh, BC's got a spot for an edge rusher here. And maybe that relationship between Azar Abdul-Rahim and Womack can kind of cut through all the other blue, blue bloods. That being said, I don't think Womack's visited recently to BC, and he's been at Georgia, LSU, Michigan, at Rutgers. He's been everywhere else. So what you're going to want to watch for for Womack to see if BC actually does have a shot is if he steps foot on campus once live recruiting kicks back in in another week. That's going to be the big that's going to be the big selling point. If he's saying that he likes BC and it's in his top 10 but doesn't visit, that's basically code for I like the coach and I just want to be polite about it. But if he actually steps on campus again, that means he's actually serious about it. So keep your eyes open. This will be an interesting one to watch. Now, on tomorrow's show, we're going to dive into draft talk because it's the NFL draft week and there's lots to talk to, to talk about with Zion Johnson, Alec Lindstrom, and every other BC player that's hoping to get their name called. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. I'm also the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Check out my work there. And as always, make sure to subscribe and like us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.